Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Creation Innovation. I know I say often that I'm excited to have my guests, but today I really am so excited to have Danica Bryshaw. She is a three-time wellness entrepreneur, body positive fashion model, signed with IMG Models, self-care and lifestyle design expert, and a new mama, while leading her three companies, Self-Care Society, Model Meals, and Danica Bryshaw Inc., and modeling for brands like Bare, Mineral, Bare Minerals, Old Navy, and Land's End. She guides others to find the wellness routines that are the foundation for the life that they dream of. In 2018, she hit the road for a 66 event self-care tour. And in 2019, she toured the country with TJ Maxx's Max U program. In 2021, Danica's healthy meal delivery company, Model Meals, was acquired by the public company Home Bistro Inc. Danica has worked with thousands of people to spread wellness and cultivate self-care routines and systems that stick and is passionate about empowering others to come back home to themselves. Through her journey of recovering from disordered eating, food addiction, body issues, excessive alcohol and drug use, deep debt and an overall lack of confidence and purpose, Danica uses her own experience to help others transform and thrive in their own lives. You can see Danica in the press working on Food, Food Network on two episodes of Chopped, People, In Style, Shape, Pop Sugar, Create, Cultivate, and more of her on Instagram at Danica Bryshaw. Welcome, Danica. Thank you so much for having me. And I, the bio is lengthy. I appreciate your enthusiasm through it all. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm so excited for you. And I mean, there were so many times in there that I'm like, yay, yay. Um, one of which was your sale of model meals, which I, you know, we've talked about on a different group, but congratulations for that. That's awesome. And part of what we talk about here on creation innovation is people that maybe have a thought of, I want to, you know, there's an inkling of, I want to do something else. I want to get away from my nine to five maybe, or I have just this idea of something I want to do. So can you take us back to, you know, what were you doing before you became an entrepreneur? First of all, let's hear that. And then how that led into this three-time entrepreneur superstar that you are. Yeah, thank you. So it's it's funny, like I've been talking a lot about money lately and um, you and I met, well, yeah. we've met in a lot of ways, but we were in a, a kind of financial program together. Um, and I was thinking about how I just haven't had this consistent stream of revenue for over a decade. Like I, that's just the kind of the path that I've chosen, which is scary, but it also comes with its benefits. Anyway, 
before I was an entrepreneur, I was actually working, I went to school in Colorado and then afterwards I moved to LA and I worked in the television, uh, television production industry. Okay. So I think I always wanted to be more on camera and more in the visibility space, but I was too afraid to say it or know how to get in. So that was kind of my way of like, you know, getting into the space. So I worked on the show True Blood on the HBO show True Blood for about three years as a production assistant and, um, and then eventually got uh, discovered for modeling, which is something I also wanted to do forever, but always thought that I had to lose weight to do it. And that was kind of a pursuit for so long. And then I got into the plus size industry. Um, exactly. Thank as God a, for that. I mean, yeah. And exactly. And I think, you know, and I think, and wow, I mean, it's crazy how the industry's changed and, and so grateful over the last 10 years for what's now out there in terms of diversity. But yeah. um, I think modeling was really like my first entrepreneurial gig. I wouldn't have called it that at first or realized that, but I think you really, you are, you're a contractor, you're running your business, you're the product. It's a little interesting in that way. Um, but that was really it. And so I went, I got into that and then, you know, modeling was awesome, but I also had a lot of free time. And I think in those, that space between the modeling piece, that was where I really started looking for what lit me up and kind of following passions and starting businesses. And that led you to model meals? Yeah. I mean, to fast forward. Yeah. I changed. I I moved to New York city to model. I was with Wilhelmina out there and, uh, they, I changed how I ate just, I did the whole 30 and I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Cause I had been diagnosed ADHD and I had dealt with skin issues and I mean, so many things. And I did this 30 day program. And for me, it was life-changing. Like I had no idea that my brain could work that way and that I could have so much clarity in it. And it just was like the catalyst to lead me to so much more in the kind of the wellness personal development space. Yeah. But, I, but it was really hard, especially at the time, there weren't many products out there that made it easy to eat that way. And so I want, that was, I really wanted to solve that gap and people saw what I was making myself. And I thought, well, I could make these meals and deliver them to people. There weren't even a lot of meal delivery space thing, businesses out there at the time either. So, yeah. Ironically, I'm like laughing to my Myself, thinking about the times that I did Whole30. Yeah. And when I did Whole30, I only ate model meals. <laughs> it literally was like the only, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have done it because it yeah. was like so easy to do. Yeah. And I was not one to be putting it all together and doing all the things. So I, <laughs> I can't remember if model meals came first or if you year came first. Um, But that was another thing that I was thinking of when I was reading your bio is I had done a U year during my first miscarriage and I will never forget like where I was at that time I was renting space at a WeWork office and remember feeling so like at a pivotal moment of my life because I had been a life coach for since 2008 so quite a while but it was during that first miscarriage that I recognized how much I needed to really fully go into fertility coaching, not just, you know, the one-off kind of things. And that was, I actually haven't spoken about that, but the, the laying in the bed for the DNC and the being in the U year course um, at that WeWork office, working through a exercise with you and our group, that I recognize, like, I really need to make a huge shift here and do that. So yeah, I just got goosebumps and thinking back to that. So, well, you know, like that is such a perfect example of why 
investing in ourselves and our self-care and like is actually one of the greatest gifts that we can give to the world. I think especially moms, right? Like we feel like it's so selfish, but you're the perfect example because had you not taken the time to invest in yourself and to show up and go inward and answer these, these questions you had, Uh, and you wouldn't have stepped into this role where you've now helped so many people. And like, that's, I think the perfect sort of validation for anyone who's struggling with caring for themselves or making time to prioritize themselves. What a reminder is like the better you're doing as an individual, the more that impacts the world. And I think that's so critical. And one of the foundations of self-care society as well is like, you know, that's so critical. How we care for us is how we can care for the world. Absolutely. And I specifically remember I've had another business for 25 years that I was and still do. But I remember thinking that day, like I have my other work to do. I really wasn't feeling in the headspace to be showing up for myself. But had I not, and I think that having that accountability, like self care society, or you year or whatever group that you feel called to really does help to drive you to become exactly what you're saying better for you and therefore better for other people so i love self-care society for many reasons but for those that are listening that are not familiar with what self self-care society is can you tell them a little bit about that yeah i mean i always say it's sort of like the fit mental emotional fitness membership so the same way you're gonna do a fitness class and work out your body we need to do that with our mind in a consistent way, whether that's journaling and, and finding deeper self-reflection, whether that's affirmations to change our mindset or manifestation or goal setting, or, you know, just like holding out the emotional space to understand what's going on within us. So all of those exercises that you typically do in a journal, like that's how you can think of it is like, you're going to show up with a journal and a pen um, or note taking whatever you want to take notes. And, and you're going to be guided by professional coaches through some exercises to help you go more deep deeply within. And then there's a community of people as well. Um, so I know that those exercises changed my life. It's how I paid off six figures of debt. It's how I moved out of my parents' garage you know, at like 30 years old after two years living there. So many of the things that I would consider successes in my life came out of this sort of mindset self-care work. And I wanted to, I saw a big gap when I was on tour in you know, people can have all the information, but if they didn't have like a system and a structure to to integrate it in a consistent way that was accessible, it wasn't happening. And they were ending up in more shame and guilt because they knew better and they weren't doing better. And so it was like, how do I take, how do I make it really easy and fun and accessible to do this work on a consistent basis every day? And that's sort of where self-care society came from. And for me, it's convenient and I'm all about convenience. And so when you say easy and fun, it was Oh my gosh, to show up, you know, at this time, it was really easy for me to fit, fit, fit that in my schedule. And I run two businesses, I have three kids, I have a husband. And to do that and and feel like, oh, that, that was amazing. And I feel better after that short amount of time makes a big difference and it carries you through. You know, maybe you're somebody who prefers later in the afternoon or earlier. I prefer the earlier ones, but everybody's different and you find you know, what, what and who you connect with too. And Danica and her team, they've done a great job of curating amazing people to kind of, what's the word, coach you through these sessions. Um, And I think finding those people that you resonate with as well. I know for me, 
during some really funky times has been really beautiful. And think speaking of funky times, it was um, the pandemic. It was during that time I was postpartum. My world as I knew it was turning upside down and here comes self-care society. And I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can do this. And that really did kind of start me, start to help me get back to feeling more grounded, I guess, within myself Yeah, um, and not knowing how to get there. That helped. And I'm a coach for a living. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter who or what you do. Sometimes you need help to get there. No, totally. And you, I mean, you've been in self-care society. There's like some of the, like people in there are doing, like they're doing amazing things. And I think you realize that people, the people who, people who are really successful are people who work on themselves and do all the time. And, and it's this, the goal is to help us be more safe in our own bodies in a way of like, that's your GPS system. Because I feel like I spent so much of my life looking outside of myself for all my answers. And I believe that we shall, we should seek inspiration outside of us, listen to a podcast, work with a coach, anything like that. But at the end of the day, we have to seek our answers within. And I think there's a retraining that needs to happen. And it's about self-confidence and self-worth at the end of the day of people feeling confident in trusting themselves to guide their life. And it's so much more fulfilling when we do that, because if we keep, if we look outside for our answers all the time, they're never authentically aligned and we keep falling short. And so I really am passionate about bringing people back home to themselves and providing inspiration and space to help them find that clarity and that motivation from within. Yeah. And one thing you mentioned in your bio is about using your own experiences to help other people. And that's something that I've always been really connected with. Like I not only from the perspective of who's helping me, but also who I'm helping of being able to connect and build that rapport with somebody and being able to say like, no, I get that. I've been there and I can help you with that. And you've been through so many different aspects of life and things that really do help others to get through those things. And you mentioned the word systems. And I think that is really an important part of that. Um, And when I saw you do, sometimes Danica will do, again, uh, courses or sessions, or I don't know, how do we refer to those things that you- Classes, I don't know, check-ins lately. Okay, Um, but you did one on, like scheduling in your calendar. And it was pretty much very similar to what I did. I was like, oh my God, it's my people. Like it's all organized and color coded. And I was like, it, that stuff lights me up so much. People always joke like that I have everything in my house labeled and my calendar that I look at for work. But I do think that the systems really do help in whatever, for whatever you're going through to help you get to the other side. Tell us why that is so important for you and whether that's like your personal life or your work life or whatever, because I know that a lot of times we have to make sure that we are, you know, we have these systems and yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are on that. Well, I love, I love systems. I think that it is an act of self-care to receive support in any way it's available to you. And for many Can you say that again, Danica? (laughs) It is an act of self-care to receive support in any way that is available to you. So for some people, you know, where I am in my life, I'm very fortunate to have an assistant who can help me out and, and employees and all that. But most of us don't. 
and we'll, and and that's going to evolve over over life. And what do we have available to us that is free or really you know accessible? Technology, like technology, is amazing. And I mean technology from a sense of literally like an app or something like Asana, where I use which I use or an I or digital calendar. But also technology is a journal, right? It's a, it's a system, any sort of system. And to me, to put what needs to get done somewhere where it is no longer my responsibility to remember it and I can automate it as much as possible is such a gift because what that does is it clears space for me to continue living my purpose and what does that do it allows me to serve more people so again it might sound selfish it's the opposite because the more space I clear the more can come in right and the more I can show up and focus on what matters and so I use you know, my iCal, I use Asana, which is just a project management tool and everything's in there, work, family, uh, personal growth. It's all in one place. And I do that because my life is not divided into buckets, my hours in the day, especially because I'm an entrepreneur, especially because I work from home. Like I have 24 hours in the day, like all of us do. And, you know, a lot of, there's just a lot of overlap. So for me, it's an act of self-care to have everything in one place to just guide me. Now it might not be that way for everyone, but for me, it's all there. And then there's also, of course, the fine balance of not getting, not being so rigid. And that's just a practice that has taken time. It's a practice of carving out white space in your calendar to allow for the margins and, and the things that come up, especially as parents. Um, but for me, I just, it like, I can commit to all these things and I can set a hundred goals and I'm not attached to the outcome, you know, and that feels really good to me because I, I get to stay in the inspiration and the structures and the systems and all these things that I love. And I can play within them and know that it doesn't mean anything about me if, if they don't hold up. A hundred percent. And I think that's, what's key, right? Like I love to be organized. I love to have that system, but I don't stress if something runs over or whatever. And I think a lot of people, it takes a while to get to that point of like, oh, well, yeah. I'm meant to be doing this at this time, but it's okay. And I think getting that perspective, like it's okay, it's gonna be okay. As long as you can keep the boundaries for yourself as well, that it's not something that continues to overlap all the time. So then you're not getting to the other thing consistently because you know one thing's missing out or the other. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the connection between self-care and self-worth is really important here because I think someone listening to the podcast could say, well, I'm not there yet. And I set these things and I freak out when I don't get them and I beat myself up and, mm -hmm. and they're saying, how can I get there? And so my answer would be to just know that the more we strengthen our self-love muscle, the more we practice self-love, the more we, the easier it becomes to take care of ourselves and vice versa. So the more, if you're struggling with self-love, you're like, okay, cool, Danica, but like, I really struggle with self-love and self-confidence. Practice self-care. That's an action that we can take because every time you practice self-care, every time you move your body, get out in nature, hydrate, eat a nourishing meal. Every time you do that, you are sending yourself the message that says you are worth caring for. And the key word there is worth. You have worth. Things that have worth are worth like you take care of. And the more we practice self-care, the greater that muscle becomes. And so they work, the self-love muscle and the self-care muscle work so well together 
And the more you strengthen either of them, the other one benefits. And so it really naturally becomes so much easier to show up and care for myself because of all these years where I have actually had to work on finding self-love. So in case that's helpful. Very helpful. And did you feel like that was hard to get to and, or I know for me, it ebbs and flows. Sometimes you go on like for a few months and you're feeling really good. And then you're like, Oh, like something happens or doesn't go the way you thought it was. And then you start to go back into that pattern. But I feel like for me, now that I have the tools and I know as I'm older, more mature and more life experience, I know how to get myself back there. And one of those things is doing the self-care, whether that's self-care society or going for a walk or whatever it may be. But did you, how was your journey to getting to that point? Cause I know people that are, when you're at that low, low, you feel like it's just not even going to ever be possible. Yeah. I think this is where I would put in someone's hands they, that they ask themselves a question of what do I know makes me feel better? Because I, I feel like anyone can answer that and they can reflect on a time when they were maybe moving their body more or getting more sleep or getting in nature, like anything they can think of that brings, that makes them happier and healthier. And I would say, start there. This is how this, the way that I got into this self-care space is because I created something called the self-care checklist. And the reason I did this was because I was at my rock bottom, literally just praying uh, because I had just binge ate 10,000 calories in secret. I was struggling so much with food and body. I was living in my parents' garage. As I said, I was six figures in debt. And I was like, what would it take for me to get to the end of one day and not binge eat? Because frankly, I don't have the money to be doing this, to be in this addiction right now mm-hmm. on top of all of the other things it was doing. And so I made a checklist with four things. And it was like, I know that I'm less likely to binge and feel really burnt out if I get this amount of sleep, if I journal my emotions and get them out of my body, if I move, whatever. And I decided I was just going to check them off each day. And this checklist evolved into essentially what we do at self-care society. It evolved into all this mindset work. And and then when I realized how powerful this system was. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I would say, start there. It's like, what is your self-care checklist? Three items, four items, five items. And can you commit to that for one day? And then if it works two days, three days, and that will build gradually over time. And when you use the word benefit yourself, but it then benefits everyone else around you as well. It's like this domino effect that you start showing up differently, not only for yourself, but for your family, your friends, the people that you are supporting and serving. And everybody starts to take notice of that. And it becomes almost like, um, contagious, right? And like the people around you want, want whatever you're doing to say, like, how do you get to be that way? Right. And I think sometimes it's, it looks, it doesn't, it's not always perfect. And I think sometimes it comes across of like, oh, they're always so happy and everything's so perfect and everything's so great. And it's not always, but when you have the tools to bring you back, to get to where you want to be, it's less time in that area that you don't want to be right? It's a lot easier to get yourself back. And when you get, I think also what's great is 
to flip the perspective when you, cause I find it too, like I'll have, we, so here's an example. We just went to this food convention and I went, came home with all, this wasn't like a natural foods convention. This was just like a foods. It was called the fancy okay. food convention. And I came home with like chocolate, like all this stuff. And I still like food and I, like we have a tricky relationship yeah. anyway. So like, I just was kind of like eating mindlessly for the course of a week. And every day I was like, Ooh, my workout's a little harder and okay. I'm just not even going to work out today. And it's like that slippery slope, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if I can step back and say, Hey, you know what? Thank you for the contrast. I say this all the time in self-care society. The contrast is the stuff that doesn't feel good. And sometimes when you're on the right track for too long, you need to be reminded of why you take action every day and why you put the effort in. And so if you can just say, thank you. Oh my gosh, you know what? I felt good for so long. And what a perfect reminder for me that I don't want to feel that way. And that the choices I was, that I was making are the ones that serve me. And it's like this beautiful refresher, right? And can we shift our perspective up so much more self-loving too? It's like so much less self-blame and it's more just awareness and saying, oh, wow, thank you so much for the reminder that I feel like crap when I do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to make those choices that serve me better, you know? Yeah. And, and, and had I not felt it again, because I hadn't felt it for a while, it's easy to forget, right? The further we get away from, from the, the discomfort. Absolutely. And I, I, I love that because it's with anything with food or whatever it may be. It's like just changing that narrative, I think sometimes can be so easy. And it's so easy that people realize, oh, it can't be that easy, but actually it can. Thank you for that reminder. And I'm going to get back at it. Right. Like you just reminded me of, I work with a coach and we were like, I was talking to her about money and food and all that. And she sort of gave me permission to be like, like, I wanted to be like, it's something deep, it's something deeper. It's, there's something energetic. There's a block. There's like, you know, and I was going and she was like, or, or is there not, is it that you've just not had consistent income for 10 years and it's, that's challenging, you know, like, and it was one of those things where I like was laughing after I was like, you gave me permission to not make this so deep. And I think that so many of us who are like, coaches or in like just love to learn and analyze and intellectualize it's so natural in many cases there is something deep right there's something energetic okay but not always right and and what it did was it put the power back in my hands to say well if it's not this mysterious thing that is energetic and I just can't pinpoint it that actually it is in my hands that I can just make some different choices and it was like I took my power back through that I thought that was it reminded me of that when you said it yeah, exactly. And sometimes it is as easy as, as that, you know? Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier about serving people. You, you use the word when you were doing your, uh, tour, I think when you went from model meals to working in a, a capacity that you could see that you were impacting people and serving them in a way, how was that? And, and did you see that evolution of like, oh, I'm going to go from, my meals kind of serving and impacting people from afar with this product versus I'm literally going to go out there and be there and be with these people and see the impact that I'm having so that, you know, not only is it impacting you and them together, right? It's a collective of kind of everyone. How did that feel when you transitioned to being, you know, essentially being a coach to, to show up to say, I'm, I'm really serving and supporting these people on a much larger level. Yeah. You know, like I will say, I'm not the best at, 
I don't know, I want to say receiving, like, I think I, I do well at receiving that a compliment from someone or understanding that I'm touching their lives. But at the same time, I also feel like people give, they'll give me or self-care side a lot of credit when they did the work. Like we literally just created the space. So I'll take credit for creating the space and for maybe asking the questions, but like I'm sitting back in all of these heroes, like uh, all and, and how they show up in the world. And I think, you know, we're, I'm doing a lot of work right now around like branding and messaging for self-care society and thinking about our hero and what we do. And, and I think what we do is like, we help people create a life that feels good and that feels good on the inside, not just one that looks good on Instagram, right? That like yeah. truly, like when I go to bed at night, I feel good. They help, we help them create a life that feels good. And in turn, when they feel good, they can do good. Mm-hmm. And that's how this work, this sort of individual work. And that's what, you know, our name self-care society is that, right? Because self-care is individual and society is community. And I think that when you think about those two things together, that's what matters most. And then you take that and you, and you serve in the world. And so, I don't know, it's just some, I, I don't, the work, it's just something I've been focusing on for myself is, you know, especially when I struggle with money, you know, I've got, it's, it's been a lot of ups and downs. And I think, especially every time I look at a struggle with money, I, I look at like, how can I shift to an energy of service, even though I'm feeling frantic right now and how I'm going to make ends meet, right? It's so easy to focus on paying the bills, but I also know that if I continue to just put my energy towards service, I'm that much more successful. So that's my work right now. And that's why I'm using that word. It's like, at any time I'm talking about this stuff, it's like, cause I'm stepping into it myself. Um, and so I, I want my energy to be there and, and I'm proud. I'm like so proud of what we've built, but I'm so even more proud of the people who actually choose to do it because yeah. That's really the work. And I feel like that's the side effect of doing any sort of work like this, right? Like what you do is cool, but what they've accomplished is even more cool. Like you get so excited and it's the same for me. It's like my whole day is made when I hear a story about, you know, one of my clients or whatever. It's like, I cannot get the smile off my face because it's literally, I'm just so excited for them. Has nothing, I'm just honored to be on the path with them, right? Absolutely. Uh, so you mentioned the financial situation and being in your parents' garage and all of that. What was the turning point for you that kind of got you from being in debt to like, was it, a, again, was it a system? Was it somebody? Was it, yeah. what was it that got you to start to get yourself out of debt and then get yourself to a place where you feel, because I think getting out of debt and then also feeling confident with finances and stuff are completely different, right? Just because somebody gets out of debt and they're on the other side of it doesn't mean they feel secure, even though maybe they are. There could be somebody who's, you know, a multimillionaire that still feels insecure about money and whatnot. So what was a turning point for you just in regards to the getting literally out of debt? And then where are you at now with that relationship with money and and all of that? Yeah. I mean, it's been such a cycle and I think, well, I'll talk about, so, so then it was, I really, it was, it was changing my mindset more than anything 
And I did that through my self-care checklist. Like I was sitting in my parents' garage, my mom's Toyota was parked behind me and I was living in the garage and I was writing, I am rich, money flows to me fast. You know, I was really using that stuff that sounds woo-woo, but it worked. And I rewrote, I would write a biography of my future self every day. Like, how do I want to show up? And so I think I, my mind was so much in that space that the, the actual physical world rose, rose, like, rose up to meet me. Now, also like the more I was doing self-work and becoming my authentic self, I was putting out solutions to things I was challenged with. And so like, I just, I think that all of the energy I put towards, you know, model meals and all that just kind of came to fruition. At the time, I also was very into like multiple revenue streams and all that. So I didn't, it's not like I had a bunch of real estate or anything like that, but I had I, uh, you know, I had model meals and then I rebuilt my modeling career and then, you know, I'd host a retreats and I do, you know, so I had different things that I think definitely, uh, or I go work as a production assistant here and there, you know, like whatever I could do to make a little bit of, of income. Now, for a long time, I was really about that. This year and or last year, rather, I, you know, I was running model meals. I was the CEO of model meals and the CMO of model meals. I was the CMO of Home Beach Show, the public company. I was the CEO of Danica Bresha Inc. I was the CEO of Self Care Society and I had a brand new baby and I, and I was modeling and doing, you know, all the things. And I was like, this doesn't work. And not even that I was so burnt out, which I was, but not even because of that, it was because I could not show up to my fullest impact because my attention was so scattered. And we all know we already live in a time where our attention is so scattered. And so I decided, I said, you know what? Yes, I've done. And I, you know, I've left out the part where I'm renting my RV out I'm renting my cars out and we're renting our house on Airbnb. It was like all the revenue streams. And I think that's what like for so long they tell you to do. And for me, I just decided that I was going to give it a shot this year to double down and say no to pretty much anything other than just focusing on building self-care society. And so that's where I am now. And so when you asked about the money circumstance, I won't get into the nitty gritty of my company getting acquired, but on paper to people that looks like, oh, wow, you're, you know, and there's a Forbes article and it was like, it was worth this amount. And I'm like, don't get it twisted. I did not get multiple million dollars in my bank account. It was stock. And that stock, unfortunately, is worth nothing today. And, you know, there's a chance it could change. But um, so, so I'm still like, it's just an up and down financial circumstance. And I have a much more conscious, relaxed, aware relationship with money. I absolutely know that I will figure things out and I always do. But right now I'm living in this, um, sort of energy of faith that I can say no to all of these things and focus in one direction and that the space I'm creating from doing that as well as the like depth of quality work that I can do is going to translate. And right now I'm just in the faith of that. I'm not in the, like the, I'm not in the actual materialism of that, but I know, I know it will work. And so I'm just having to hang on to that every day. And I think two of those things, the faith and the knowing are huge in anything we do, right? I mean, trying to get pregnant, having a business, all of those things, I think those are really, really powerful and we don't give it enough credit to say, okay, I'm gonna leave my full-time job, my nine to five, and just go on faith that it's gonna work out because I have this knowing that this is what I'm meant to be doing or this inkling or whatever it is that you feel. Same thing about building your family, right? I just have, for me, it was, I just have this knowing I'm meant to have three kids. Well, you're over 40. That shouldn't be. Well, I just have this knowing. I don't know. I don't know. This is the way it's supposed to be, right? So I think 
that thank you for pointing those two things out because if you're in a situation with either of those things maybe you're thinking about yeah. starting a new business or leaving your business or leaving a relationship or starting a family or buying a house having the faith is the first step yeah faith in anything faith in yourself faith in a higher higher purpose whatever it is as well as just do i think i always say like hand on your heart hand on your stomach close your eyes and take a breath do you have that knowing mm -hmm. that this will be and it will work out right and most of us can when we take a second it's a yes right and that's what keeps us going and when we feel like maybe it's not okay well maybe you need to change direction maybe you need to rethink that maybe something in that needs to shift to get you to where you do have that knowing because we don't give ourselves enough credit for that intuition that we we just know right yeah absolutely absolutely and and to be gentle with ourselves if we don't know that like i always i feel like there's been so many circumstances where i feel like i need to make a decision and i don't have clarity and what i've learned at least at this point in my life is that if i don't know the answer it's usually not time to make the decision like if there's not at least some sort of something leaning in one direction or the other that feels enough to like make that choice it's because i need to pause and not do it and so i'm like the that's great advice of asking for space of like, I, I don't need to give someone a quote for something on the, on the phone, right? Like everything I do, I almost always need to like, be like, Hey, let me marinate on that and think about it. And that's how I try and handle. And I know that not everything can have that much space, but I think wherever you can, that sacred pause, whether it's before spending something, buying something on Amazon or taking a bite out of, or like opening the fridge, like whatever the sacred pauses that allows you to check in and say, what do I need? And to actually have the space to listen, which is what I'm talking about with self-care society this whole time is like helping people cultivate the confidence to go within for answers and to trust that. But we're often too busy and the world is too noisy to do it. Exactly. And unfortunately, that leads us to make choices and to be numb and to do things that don't actually serve our greatest purpose. And us, us being in our greatest purpose is how we great, most greatly impact the ones we love in this world. Yes. Speaking of the ones that you love most in this world, your little baby Billy is going to be a year. You said coming up soon. How has your last year been being a mom? Like what has shifted the most for you? It's been so hard. Like, I just think I was so surprised at how hard it has been. Um, and beautiful, like, you know, it's like, it's yeah. like just every spe the spectrum of emotion is so much bigger. Um, it, I think what was really hard for me, uh, is the lack of alone time that for me, like I love, I, I love self-care obviously. Um, I have, my partner is incredibly supportive. He is super hands-on. He stays home with her three of five days out of the week. So I have a lot of help and his mother, his mother is very helpful as well. So, um, you know, I have the support. I don't know how single parents do it or, you know, I really just like, it's my, it blows my mind. But it was just hard, like the lack of sleep, the lack of self-care, the lack of alone time, all that was really challenging. But I feel like it's just so exponentially made up for in the moments of watching your child grow. You know, it's like, I think I was more present than I've ever been this year because I just sit there and stare at her, you know, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like I could watch you eat 
every meal for hours and hours, you know? So it's just a trade-off. And I will say, I think for so long, it was like, man, I would love to just sit home with her and, you know, whatever, I think before she came. And I will say that probably like two months into maternity leave, I realized, wow, the structure of work and having my time to build what I want to build. And that really serves me. And so I think that was really beautiful awareness as well. It's like, I want there to be some combination where I'm can be home. Like I have now I'm home. I'm close. I get to spend time with her, but I also have my own thing that I'm building. And, um, and I have the structures and systems that serve me. So for me, that's really great. Everyone's different, of course, but, um, yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard. We were talking before we started recording that my first year with Holden, I cried on his birthday because I was so emotional that he was one and it was all like happening. But also it was hard. I think the biggest thing for me that was hardest was the sleep that you talk about, like the lack of sleep. I require sleep and just feeling like you didn't, I didn't have the space to not feel well every day to just constantly feel depleted and never felt like I could catch up because, you know, it was like one, one night of sleep wasn't enough. Like my husband would be like, okay, go downstairs or go to the hotel or go to your sister's. I'm like, yeah one night's not going to do it, you know? Um, but yes, it's, it's so worth it. And I think for me in the, now that we're, I mean, with three years old is the youngest, but somewhat on the other side of it, sleep is still an issue, but I have a different perspective because we're like on the other side of like, it's such a small window that we have right in this big picture of life that, you know, if they're coming into a room, like I want that now, whereas, you know, even a year ago, I was like, oh my God, I need to sleep. And now it's like, not as bad as I, it was initially, but I think people don't talk about it often enough that parenthood isn't just, you know, rainbows and butterflies, that there are some aspects to it that are not so easy. And I agree with you, the stay at home moms and, you know, the single moms, all of that, that like God bless, because it is a lot of, a lot of work. And for me, it's much easier to go to work, you know, than to, to be that way. And like you said, have that structure, feel like you're creating and doing all those things, not to take away from the beautiful people that feel like they can do that. Cause I feel like that is hard work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here today, Danica. I know we mentioned that people can find you on Instagram. Tell What's the best way to find self-care society? Yeah, I mean, I would say just Google self-care society. We have some transitions going on right now, um, but the URL will eventually be selfcaresociety.co. But if you search self-care society, you'll get there. Um, And you can learn more about our um, trial offer. We have like different, you know, classes, all different sorts of stuff at different prices. We have a lot, we have free things coming out, like a free sort of membership as well. So um, keep an eye out for that if it's not released by the time you release this episode, it's coming really soon. So um, just go self-care society on Instagram or self-care at self-care society. And I'm just at Danica Brecha. And do self-care society do any live events? We do. Well, all of our classes are Monday through Friday. We have live classes and then those are all recorded for our on-demand library. Um, And then we are going to have more workshops and that sort of stuff this year. And then we have a big end of year program called U year, which uh, we talked a little bit about um, that is begins in late December. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you again for being here. So much love to all of you and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. 
Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.